thinking of yourself in a system um i think enables you to to think in that way and to to kind of make the make the most of the other people and the other kind of things happening around you power to live more with joe dodds welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Today I'm interviewing Kieran Faller of Workio and uh, I'm traumatised now because we've been talking about how you pronounce <laughs> names and things and I've got it right so I'm impressed with yes. myself. So, uh, well <laughs> so, welcome Kieran, thanks for joining me. Oh, uh, thank you for having me. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do and where you do it. Sure, um, so I'm the co-founder and CEO of a startup called Workio and we help companies understand their company culture and uh, use that understanding to um, hire the right people for their culture and uh, manage their people in a way that uh, will strengthen their culture over time. Um, and uh, we're based in London. Um, we're in a co-working space uh, near Liverpool Street Station. Um, and yeah, before doing this, I ran a music industry technology company for a few years. And before that, I was a lawyer for a few years. Aha. Uh-huh. And we met through the lovely Paula Gardner, who uh, does oh. introduce me to some interesting people. And she has a background in the music industry, too. Did you know that? Is that how you connected? Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we, met, we met through a mutual friend who's in music, yeah. Ah. Ah, see, that, that, that's one of those, you know, random connection things that um, I just thought mm. I was throwing that in and you were going to go, no, 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 we met in some other way. So, uh, <laughs> lovely. Excellent. So, um, so you're in a co-working space. So that's, um, I think I've had one other person on the, the show um, who was Rob in uh, Canada, who was in a co-working mm. space at the time. So uh, oh, yeah. what, what does that mean in terms of the environment for you on a sort of day-to-day basis i think we all have mm-hmm. sort of our um perceptions of what these places are like have you have you got a have you got a helter skelter <laughs> <laughs> uh, no 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 helter skelter although oh. we do have uh, we do have sparkling water on tap which is uh yeah the, so the space that we're in is really interesting one uh it's called mind space and it's um it's a bit more focused on the kind of holistic um, approach to work, which which I think you'd be interested in. So mm. they, they have things like um, yoga classes in early morning and uh, like lunchtime um, mindfulness and meditation sessions. Um, 
And it's uh, I've been in quite a few WeWorks um, over the last few years, uh, just yeah. you know having meetings with people, and um, I've always found them to be slightly frantic. Um, I think they're they're very full usually, lots and lots of people in a small space, and um, just the vibe I, I think is uh, a, a bit frantic. And so um, yeah, mind space is a bit more uh, a bit more relaxed but focused. So it's a bit quieter. People tend to be. Um, a bit more focused on their work, which uh, works well for us. Mm, yeah, I guess that's partly where their, their name has come from. Um, Indeed. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I, I read a lot of articles, and I, I think I've spoken to people who have mm. talked about co-working spaces and sort of making a choice that actually it's very, a bit like so many other things in our life, it's very personal. It's about you mm. know finding what suits you as opposed to them all being the same because they're not. Yes, yeah, that's what we found. So we had a look at a few um, different ones before we chose to base ourselves here, and um, yeah, just there's there's a lot of different um, a lot of different vibes in in different places. So yeah, I'd say um, uh, it's definitely uh, kind of finding the right thing for you. But um, the the main benefit that we get from being in a co-working space at all is. Um, uh, my co-founder and I actually having a space where we will get time in the same physical space because um, we could both be working from home um, and, and we do on occasion. But uh, also just that thing of having a bit of a separation between home life and work life. Um, mm. So it's like that kind of ritual of leaving home, getting the train getting into the office and then doing officey things here. And then, uh, getting back on the train, going home and doing home things at home. So, mm. Yes, yeah, and I can see how that, uh, as you say, sort of divides that up. And do you, mm. do you think that the, the other people that, that are in the same co-working space, are they sort of in the same or do they have the same sort of outlook? You know, going back to it being a, a sort of you find the place to suit you, you talked about the mindfulness and the yoga. Is that sort of characteristic of of all the organizations that, that are there do you think that the people are quite interested in the more sort of holistic side of things mm, um i think in general yes um yeah there's there's some there's a, some exceptions you know as, as anywhere but yeah i think in general um people are of a, a similar mindset um yeah. which again also helps mm-hmm so tell us more about why you do what you do. So you've had quite a change in your uh, your career from what you've you've told us of your background already. So how how yeah. is what you do now come about, and why is that important to you? Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a few things that kind of weave together here. So um, the first thing is that uh, my wife changed jobs um, a few years ago now, um, quite a few years ago now, and uh, she was changing by choice uh, she just wanted a different challenge um, and went through recruiters interviewed at various places um, and chose to uh, work at this particular um, interior design firm and she had met the senior management through the interview process and all of that stuff and she was really excited to go to work there and then she quit within three weeks um, because wow. the because the culture was just anathema um, to her really didn't uh, didn't suit her at all and she didn't suit it um, and that was the first big thing that got me thinking quite uh, a lot more about culture 
in the workplace and thinking that that whole process is really broken because uh, that company paid you know a decent chunk of money and paid in other ways through time energy uh, effort to bring her in and um, she made a big commitment to go in there and then it just really really didn't work um, and so everyone's the kind of the cost of that failure um, both in kind of personal emotional aspects and in the kind of hard cash uh, aspects from the business's perspective just seemed really inefficient and wasteful um, yeah yeah uh, was so that, that, that um I, I was in hr many years ago and there was always that mm. joke about uh what was it, it was about you you uh go to the, the the pearly gates and and decide whether you want to go into heaven or they give you a little trip into hell to see what that's like and you know, heaven, <laughs> looks, heaven looks um, okay but hell looks amazing and you choose hell and then when you actually turn up it's all like burnt mm. and horrible and awful and they say um that that was you know that was when we were recruiting you you know this is the reality now you're actually yeah. here <laughs> right, exactly, I mean, exactly. I mean, is that what happened <laughs> yeah i think i think so pretty much but yeah. also there was there seemed to be there didn't seem to be very much self-awareness from the company's perspective um, yeah. about what they were really like. I think um, so this particular company had very high uh, staff turnover, as you might expect, mm. um, but their senior management team had all been there for a long time. So they were kind of comfortable with how things were and, and happy enough. Um, and I guess they just thought, Oh, there's, you know, those middle managers and junior people just, you know, just are annoying or don't know what they want or, yeah. um, you know, the problem is with them somehow. Um, so that was the, that was the first big thing. And then um, when I was running the music industry technology company, um, we opened up a small, um, a small office in Vietnam and we were a very, very small, like less than 10 person company based in London. Um, but serving a, a, a quite a large client base across uh, the independent music sector. And we were growing geographically. And so we were getting um, Korean clients, some Japanese clients, um, and also working with um, Asian music services, um, the kind of Asian equivalents of Spotify and uh, YouTube and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we needed an office uh, over there to support those clients and, and partners we were working with. And um, so that got me thinking about what kind of people do we need? Um, because the Vietnamese and kind of general Asian work culture is very hierarchical, very, mm. you know, wanting to be directed as a more junior employee. And we knew that uh, as a company, a, a company running in London, we were very, very flat hierarchy, um, very kind of open to ideas from anywhere. Um, we wanted people to make their own decisions, um, you know, in, in the context and in the way that we would want them to make those decisions. But still, we weren't going to, you know, give them a list of things to do every day. Um, mm -hmm. So that's made me think okay we're looking for strange <laughs> we're looking for the weirdos in uh, <laughs> Did you put that on your recruitment brochures <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um we're looking for people out of the ordinary i should say um yeah. in uh, in the vietnamese work culture and so um that 
so through that process, um, we kind of really had a had a hard look at ourselves in London to understand what we were really like. And then we were very, very clear on the values and character traits that we were looking for um, mm -hmm. in the people that we would hire in Vietnam. Um, and that process worked really, really well. So we ended up with a, a team of four people in Vietnam that were absolutely fantastic and worked really well with us. Um, so that kind of going through that process as um, as the manager of a company um, also got me thinking like there, there are better ways to think about culture in recruitment in particular but also um, in kind of ongoing company management um, mm. and then I uh, while doing an MBA at Cambridge uh, a couple of years ago um, while working at that music industry company then I kind of started to work up this um, company culture model um, that we that we use at Workio um, to really understand culture from the employee's perspective and mm -hmm. um, use that in various ways. Yeah. So what was it? Were you always fairly sort of entrepreneurial throughout your career, even though you were, you worked in different areas and, and obviously different countries and stuff? Mm. Um, I would say no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think of myself as entrepreneurial I don't really like if if someone were to ask me whether I was an entrepreneur I would probably say no um, yeah it's just there's this very specific thing that I think we've come up with um an approach which no one else is using which I think would benefit a lot of people um if they were to use it so it's more that I've been kind of dragged into starting this business by the idea and um yeah. by the potential by the potential impact rather than thinking oh I'd love to start a business what can I do yeah okay so let's sort of push that forward a bit then into uh how you sort of work uh mm. and you know the fact that you know, I, I talk to people who who have always wanted to do stuff on their own, and they've always wanted to grow a business from nothing, and all that sort of stuff. And that you know, they have a certain way of of being and working. It's interesting that you've just sort of said, "No, I was a bit reluctant, really." <laughs> <laughs> More about the purpose, less about the sort of I guess, I guess the lifestyle or, or whatever. But mm. how, what does that? What impact does that have on how you go about doing this? Yeah, I guess. Um yeah it's an interesting one um i think obviously people are, are different in all sorts of ways and i think um i'd say sometimes the feeling that i mean for me at least um where in previous roles i've kind of perhaps not always agreed with what um with how i'm being asked to do something or with um, kind of strategic decisions that senior management are making um, and you get that kind of natural reaction of like oh I you know I wish I could just make all these decisions um, uh, I think um, I think that's I think that's natural but I think that's also partly born out of these culture problems that that we're trying to help people 
um, do better with is um, I think if if employees were more closely involved in how the workplace works and in what the culture is um, and uh, more more closely involved in the kind of cultural development of um, companies, then I think possibly some of that push that people feel to to want to do things themselves or want to start their own thing um, might diminish. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's it's partly uh, or my read of it at least as as someone you know with my experience and what I'm doing now is that it's partly due to poor management of the culture um, in companies in general, um, kind of pro- probably more so that than just the kind of instinct that, that some people uh, I'm sure do have of, of just wanting to be, um, you know, the person that starts the thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I wonder if, if we can improve the the workplace culture experience for for employees then um i wonder if that push might diminish yes yeah that's an interesting way of looking at it and i guess i mean there's some organizations that are really valuing the the idea of of what they call an entrepreneur so somebody Mm. being entrepreneurial within a a structure and you know there's there's many people who do who work for themselves who lament the whole sort of um feast and famine sort of nature of, Mm. of sort of working for yourself you know on a lot of the time and uh maybe you know that as you say if culturally in in organizations people were encouraged to be more entrepreneurial but could still have a job and get paid at the end of the month Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly more customers yeah maybe that would be a you know win-win all round (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think so i think i think a lot of companies especially as you kind of go up the size scale um I think companies are desperate for employees who, you know, are willing and able to take initiative and and to drive value, um, kind of within within their structures. I think they're just generally not set up to um, make the most of um, of the employees that they have. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that I think that could be a real uh, a real win win in general um, if we mm-hmm. if we can find a way for more of that to happen yeah yeah so you've talked about um going into to the office to to sort of create that difference between sort of home life and and work life um Mm. you know with with this organization that um you've also sort of said is is uh, almost more circumstance than (laughs) than than your lifelong ambition to to run Mm. your own business um what what does that mean in terms of of your sort of day-to-day how you how you work and how you organize yourself you've, you've firstly got that sort of um natural cutoff between home and work and you've got a bit of a commute in there which uh, if you're anything mm-hmm. like me you find as either a way to uh, relax and read those books so you don't do any work or jump on the yeah. work <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm uh, it's the former for me really um yeah so uh, i think i'm very keen so uh my wife and i have a five-year-old daughter um and I have been very keen from the start to be very involved as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my wife also works. So we've always taken the view that parenting is a team sport and it's um, we should 
try to do things as 50-50 as possible um, in terms of logistics. <clears throat> so, um, uh, I mean, uh, so I've always um, taken my daughter to nursery or to school in the mornings and my wife has generally uh, done pickup in the uh, evenings. Yeah. So um, I was lucky in that uh, music industry company um, that we that they had a very uh, enlightened view on um, uh, on a kind of workplace logistics. So um, at that company, no one was expected to be in the office before ten o'clock. Um, so that enabled me to quite straightforwardly, you know, do the school run and get the train and, and be in the office by ten. Um, I mean, we were expected yeah. in the office at ten, but. Uh, uh, but that, so that that worked fine, and um, and so I do the same thing now. Um, so I don't tend to actually get into the office until about ten to ten, ten o'clock, um, and then yeah. I'll tend to I'll tend to work through to um, about six thirty, um, and and head home from that. But also um, I'm pretty careful to um, to demarcate my time between work and home. So um, I will, you know, check things on the phone in the evening, up, probably up until about 8.30, 9 o'clock, yeah. um, uh, in terms of communicating with my co-founder and just responding to the odd email. But um, but I don't tend to do much work in the evenings um, <clears throat> unless there's, you know, something that has to be done. Mm. And, um, and similarly at the weekends. And I think... Uh, we'll see if um, if <laughs> we're able to make this company a success with me doing that. Um, but I think it's I do think it's really important, and it's important for myself. Um, you know, as we get going as a company, and when we start um, <clears throat> bringing in more of a team, that um, I know that people will uh, use me as an example um mm -hmm. either yeah. consciously or subconsciously um and yeah I, I just think that family and kind of whatever you do outside of work is just as important as the work if not more so um and so I think it's it's really important that for me it feels important that I give as much kind of time and focus on that side of things as I do to the work Mm -hmm. that's really refreshing to hear as somebody with a, a still fairly new business and I think um, a lot of people I mean in my experience I sort of started my business worked ridiculous hours and then had a sort of big light well a number of life traumas that um, mm -hmm. put, pushed me into a different direction and, and obviously that's yeah. now you know what I talk about but um, it took a good few years of um, doing the opposite <laughs> before I sort of lost <laughs> it and uh, you know, certainly to sort of be crafting it that way mm. to begin with. Then, you know, saying, oh, you know, whether that'll continue to work, I don't know. You know, I, I can't see why it wouldn't as long as you know, you're <laughs> intentional about doing it. You know, it's... Um, yeah, yeah. I guess it's... Uh, well, be, being a, in the kind of startup um, ecosystem, uh, although yeah. I don't really... I don't, I'm not that keen on the term startup, but it, I think, you know, that is what we are. Um, then there is, I think there is a culture or an expectation um, in in this kind of tech startup ecosystem of, you know, 
putting in ridiculous hours, um, you know, doing all nighters, absolutely like, you know, smashing it. Um, and I think that that is fine for, well, I mean, it's probably fine ish for certain groups of people, like maybe those who just recently graduated from uni and, um, you know, don't have other commitments. Um, yeah. but I think, uh, for people, um, you know, once you get to kind of starting family stage, I think, I just don't think that's sustainable, um, uh, from a personal point of view. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, um, in terms of the, um, being intentional about, about it, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm very careful about um mm -hmm. oh yeah that, i was just going to say that i mean there have been times um certainly in the while i was doing my mba while also having a full-time job a couple of years ago um i mean that did involve um you know a lot of late nights um you know reading doing assignments um uh you know writing pieces um and quite a lot of time away um because I was uh, doing that MBA at um, University of Cambridge. So I was having probably one weekend a month, uh, one kind of long weekend a month up there doing that. And then there were a couple of week long trips um, as part of the program. And so uh, I've definitely gone through that period of quite a lot of time pressure um, and quite a lot of late nights and, uh, and quite a decent chunks of time when yeah. uh you know when frankly my wife had to pick up the slack of um child rearing um yeah. so uh, so yeah it's not to say that it's always possible um no, but no. uh but at least being intentional about it so we knew when i went into that program you know this was what how it was going to be and that it was going to be hard but it was for a, a defined period of time and it was for a yeah. very specific reason um mm. you know to, to get this qualification so um so yeah i think it, it it very much depends on um your kind of circumstances yes yeah yeah exactly so let's explore a bit more about the sort of getting stuff done we've talked about the mm. uh sort of dividing the home life and, and work life and sort of crafting the the, the times around that and, and those sorts of mm. needs. What, what about, you know, day-to-day -day actually getting things done, how you do that and, and mm. what technology you're using? You know, you're a startup in a in a, um, mm. a co-working space. Do you do, use, you know, yeah. 25 million apps and tools? Because it's, you know, <laughs> <like that. laughs> um, we do use quite a few, to be honest. Um, yeah, we use, uh, we use Slack um, for communication, um, between myself and my co-founder and, and some other people that we work with. Yeah. Um, use a ton of email, as you'd expect. Um, uh, we really like um, HubSpot. I don't know if you've um, used yeah. that or come across it, but um, so we use that quite extensively um, to keep track of our uh, contacts and conversations we're having with sales leads and with um, investors and that kind of thing um, mm. and that has a really good um, task uh, system so you can use can set tasks for yourself um, and kind of attach the record of the 
person so if it's like oh i need to follow up with so and so about that email um you just create a task for a specific date and time and the system will then come back and be like okay it's time to do this now um so i find that really useful because i have quite a poor memory for tasks so i need to i need to i need to externalize them uh, out of my head as soon as possible otherwise i'll forget um so that's really good um but i have to say my my standby technology my my core tech for getting stuff done is a notebook and pen um, <laughs> that's why you get and, on with um, paula <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I tend to, um, you know, do the classic write a short list either at the end of the day for the following day or at the start of the day of um, maybe three or four things to do, um, and yeah. try and work through those and get them done. Um, I don't really distinguish very much between kind of big things and small things. Um, I possibly should, um, but uh, but yeah, and I, and I certainly don't always um, get through the list. Probably rarely actually get through everything on that list. That's, even it's an underrated thing to do, you know. All those people mm. say overrated thing. No, overrated, isn't it? All those people <laughs> who get through their whole list, you know. Oh, I, how, how are those people? <laughs> how do they live? Like, what? <laughs> I, I just, you know. I, I don't know I that they actually exist unless they've only got three <laughs> things on there. To be yeah. fair. I, I can't imagine how smug I would be if I always got through my list. Um, I sometimes just forward a load of things on because I use a, an online app, forward a load of things on okay, to the next yeah. day, right, clear the right. things I have done, and then it goes yeah. down to, well done, you've got a clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What's that app? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's why I don't use paper, you see. It's too obvious when you don't do things that you're supposed to. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Well, accountability is good, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, cool. So um, any more apps that you're dying to uh, share with us? <laughs> um, I use uh, Receipt Bank and Xero. Oh, so um, yeah. yeah, so that's that just makes keeping track of receipts, which is obviously the bane of any uh, <laughs> of any self-employed person or uh, anyone running a company. Uh, it's the bane of their lives. So um, yeah, Receipt Bank works really well and it integrates yeah. well with Zero. So that just keeps keeps that easy, and you can you can do it in the moment. So um, it's, it isn't one of those jobs that kind of builds up and then you have to spend four hours sifting through piles of paper. No, that's what I used to do, and now I've got really good mm. at doing it. In the but then I get stuck with the app and think, oh, I haven't sent any of the thing. You know, I go to reconcile my bank account or something. Oh, like, yes, yeah. I haven't sent yeah, any yeah. of the receipts into the bank account. <laughs> now I've got to go and do it now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes, it still does take time at some point in the process, but yeah. Exactly, but it's as you say, it's way, way better that you're not actually mm. typing all the individual bits of detail in and that the uh, yeah. Receipt Bank app just does that for you. It's revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah lovely. Mm. Okay, what about um, sort of learning this sort of stuff and and making mm. sure that you're equipped to, uh, you know, run this business that you weren't, you know, totally aware you wanted to run, <laughs> or uh, you know, how how do you make sure that you're, uh, um, you know, learning the things you need to do and that you are at that sort of because um, you, you know you talked about you're in the sort of startup world. How do you make sure you're keeping yeah. you know abreast of what's going on? Um, 
I'm a big I'm a big reader. I love reading. Um, if I didn't have anything else to do each day, I'd very happily just read uh, all day, every day. That's um, my dream job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do we How do we do that? Um, <laughs> we should start a company to do that. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I tend to read. I don't like reading on screens. Um, I find it uh, quite tiring. Um, I think there's something to do with you know the the light and how your how your eyes interact with it physically um, that makes it quite tiring. So I I'm a big believer in paper paper books um, and paper magazines. So um, magazine wise, uh, The Economist is my go-to um, for news and stuff. Um, just I, I just love the way that they uh, it's it's all analytical so it's not just this thing happened this thing happened this thing happened it's this thing happened and here's what it means and here's how it interrelates with this other thing that, that's also happening um and because it's only weekly they by being weekly they can take that higher level analytical view of what's happening um yeah, yeah. so yeah love the economist um and there's a magazine that's quite new um i don't know if you've come across it called courier um <laughs> and it's i used to read wired magazine um quite religiously for the you know for all the tech stuff um but i went off it a bit and courier has really kind of filled that gap it's um it's really well put together and it's really about, I think it's tagline is something about modern business, like understanding modern business. Um, but uh, yeah, so they um, have kind of, you know, features, interviews, um, news stuff um, around uh, kind of some tech, tech related things, but also like uh, new approaches in, retail in kind of bars and restaurants and travel and um so that that's a really good read and then um uh on the on the books side of things um yeah I, i've been trying to move away from reading so much non-fiction recently um yeah. so trying to trying to read a bit more fiction just to get my head in a different place um every now and then um and I've been focusing on uh, trying to read um, fiction written by uh, female authors because um, I, in the past, have tended towards the kind of Jonathan Franzens and um, uh, uh, Dave Eggers and the kind of um, somewhat literary uh, kind of American male um, perspective but um but yeah so i've been consciously trying to read more uh more fiction written by women um i read an amazing novel uh over the last couple of months called the blazing world by siri hustvet um which is just phenomenal um so yeah i try to read fiction some fiction um and then uh yeah also on the nonfiction side, um, I've been reading quite a lot of stuff about systems thinking recently. So, um, yeah. thinking about democracy as a system, um, economics as a system. Um, so yeah, there's a few books around there, which have been really, really good. And it's, um, 
it that kind of feeds more directly into what we're doing at Workio is that we view company culture as a system and it's uh, you need to understand it as a kind of ecosystem problem that you can't necessarily solve with just doing two or three things and then everything will be fine it's more like viewing it as a uh, perhaps as a garden which is um a metaphor that came from this book gardens of democracy by eric liu and nick hanauer um, and they're talking about the american political system um and it's amazingly prescient i think it was published in about 2012 or 2014 and mm -hmm. um it just perfectly describes all of the problems that have led to donald trump um but you know uh, maybe it was even 2010 but um so it was a few from a few years before but their view of thinking of the democratic system as a garden that you have to weed so you, you do have to tend it um and you also have to think of it as you need to create conditions for things to flourish rather than kind of directly you know acting on the thing itself um and that's really the the approach that we take to company culture as well and thinking of it as it's about the conditions that are created um that enable thing positive things to happen rather than trying to kind of bludgeon something into um into being positive by acting on it directly yeah yeah so um, well, before we before we started we um talked about um your um thoughts around uh reflection versus action and i was saying oh you know mm. we can talk about that when we come up to it in the uh, in the interview and uh, it just strikes me that your choice of reading and again your intentionality around mm. you know you're saying that you're reading sort of more female authors than male authors for a particular reason you yeah. do sound like a particularly reflective person and obviously you've mm -hmm. the political stuff as well um yeah. I suppose my challenging question is, how do you make sure you are getting things done when you're a very reflective person? I'm the opposite. I tend to just do stuff <laughs> and I need to spend more time reflecting. But when you are, which I'm guessing you are, yeah. how do you, you know, what, what's that balance for you? And how do you decide, you know, when you're being intentional, how much you focus on mm. one or the other? Yeah, it's, I, I do find it very difficult. Um, so I think it's, it's real help for me that um, <clears throat> my uh, co-founder in this business, Alan Alan Stewart, um, is very much the opposite. So he's more like you. He's you know very um, he's very action oriented. Yeah. Um, so he probably he pushes us certainly faster than I would be able to push us myself. Um, mm and i think it's really about all of this stuff is about trying to find the, the right balance either as an individual or if you're working in a group to have that kind of balance across the group um yeah yeah so he, so, he takes yeah. the action and you rein him back and then vice versa you think about things yeah. and he forwards <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. he, he kicks me up the ass to get something done <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i think uh, yeah i think that's right but also i think um I do tend to think this might be entirely self-serving, but I do tend to think that reflection is underrated. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, so. One one of the things that uh, Al said to me before is, um, you know, that the emails I write are 
really well crafted. Um, so, you know, even if that's just talking to a, a contact that we've been put in touch with, you know, for, for a general chat or, for, you know, with a sales lead or, um, or with someone that we're engaged with or whatever. Um, yeah. he, he says that like the, the way that I write in my emails is, is very kind of precise and, um, nuanced and, and he's more like, yeah, just, 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 just write the thing and like, you know, hit send and move on to the next. Yeah, um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, which again is like really useful in a lot of scenarios and it's about finding the balance. But I think in general, people tend to think that the optimum balance is probably a bit too on the action side um, rather than the reflection side. And I think kind of thinking in that systems way again, I think this is where companies like Facebook and Uber uh, 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 kind of, that's where they've gone wrong is, you know, that, that famous Facebook mantra of move fast and break things. Um, you know, they've broken quite a lot of stuff by now, um, <laughs> <laughs> including the, you know, the American democratic system. Um, and so I think hopefully people will start to think, Actually, yeah, maybe we should just think about the potential consequences of stuff, maybe, before we do it. Um, mm -hmm. That's not to say never do anything, because, of course, there's risk involved in, in anything that we do. But I think dialing that kind of bias to action back a bit might um, get us better results um, mm -hmm. from the stuff that we do. Well, it's also it's that sort of balance, a bit like you're saying about, you know, reading more female writers to balance up all the, the sort of male yeah. writing that you've read. It, it's if we as a, you know, business society individual can can work on that balance ourselves or, as you say, work with somebody who balances us, yeah. uh, then, you know, that that's all to the good, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, talk, talking about that, then let's talk about um, other people. Uh, working with you and and sort of helping you 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 obviously have a business partner and you've mentioned there's other people yeah. that you you work with within the business yeah. um t tell us a bit more about about the importance of working with other people um well i think the um the key thing for me particularly is I, i've been working on this on on the kind of project that has become workio for uh probably about three three and a half years um largely mm. as a kind of side project while i was doing my previous job um and then for the last uh eight nine months um full time and during that period um you know there's been there's been ups and downs um you know you kind of get encouraged by something and then you get discouraged by something else mm. um and i think for me it's been really important to uh to have a bunch of people and that's not that's not really people that i'm working directly with it's actually more friends and family and other professional contacts who are just encouraging um and you know when when they have heard about what i'm doing at workio um they're like oh yeah i can really yeah i can really see how that's how that would be useful how that's necessary like oh you should talk to this person that person um yeah. 
And so I think I think without that, I think I would have given up a long time ago. Um, so it's and that, I think that's that's partly down to my character, I guess, um, that uh, I'm naturally, I'd say, uh, um, not exactly pessimistic i'd say probably on this on the pessimistic side of realistic um so <laughs> I, i'm i'm naturally quite a cautious person um yeah so i think without without having that kind of encouragement and like yes this this seems like a real thing um you know you should really you should really try it and um you know go 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 ahead with it um yeah, I think without that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't still be, uh, still be going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, again, I mean, again, that that relates into that sort of balance thing of of and working with other people to get to get that balance, doesn't it? I think. Mm. Yeah, mm. I guess if I was a, you know, if I was a super optimistic, oh, everything's always going to be awesome. Uh, kind of character then mm -hmm. I might actually need other people to rein me in a bit like we were just talking about with me and Al um, yeah. Yeah. where you know I might need a more realistic friend to, to say like well you know just <laughs> uh, hold, yeah. hold your horses a little bit um, so yeah, yeah. again I, th I think it comes back to that idea of balance and, and the idea of um, thinking of yourself in a system um, I think enables you to to think in that way and to, to kind of make the make the most of the other people and the other kind of things happening around you um, rather than thinking that everything is about you as an individual and yeah. whether you succeed or fail that is all down to you and it's all on your shoulders and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what about those days then when things don't go right? So it hasn't mm -hmm. been a great day. <laughs> Something <laughs> horrible's gone wrong. How how do you deal with that? Um, when things have gone not very well. Yeah. Uh, I tend to stew on it, um, which is not <laughs> not not ideal. Um, and then probably once I've been mulling it over for for a bit. Um, then I'll tend to talk it through with my wife. Um, so, yeah, I think I tend to kind of internalise things for a period of time and then be able to address them. Um, mm -hmm. So usually I would say that the kind of ups and downs are usually on a larger scale than day by day for me. So it would usually right. be like... Yeah kind of a few days of feeling a bit stalled, feeling a bit stuck. Um, and quite often um, when I'm in the office with Alan, we'll both be in a similar headspace, um, which is, you know, working in a place called Mindspace, that makes sense, um, where, <laughs> yeah. where we'll kind of both be in a, a bit of a funk about, you know, how things are going. And it usually... Usually it's Alan because he's more vocal than I am. Um, he'll just kind of bring it up, and I'll be like, "Yeah, uh, like it, it's just not, it's not firing at the moment. It's not clicking." Like, and then we'll talk things through, and then that usually gives us a lot more 
kind of positive energy to move forward because it kind of clears it, it clears our own heads as to, yeah, yeah. as to what's what's stuck yeah um, and that bringing somebody else in to it again mm, as well, yeah. yeah yeah that's really important yeah and okay what about those days where you've ended the day knowing that you've had the chance to live more which is where i talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you mm. feel you should do or you have to do what does that day yeah. look like for you um in terms of the content of the day itself yeah mm -hmm. um it's you it's yeah i'd say it's uh having a morning where i don't have to get our daughter ready by myself is always useful so <laughs> yes, sometimes my wife will have early meetings and stuff like that or be away for work um and that is always just a bit more painful um yeah. getting out getting out the door and getting to school um so usually um we're both at home uh so it's quite relaxed morning um uh i try to go to the gym on mondays wednesdays fridays and saturdays um mm -hmm. which sometimes i will manage for a few weeks in a row and then it kind of falls off but um but usually it's pretty good so it would probably be i'll have been to the gym i've got home you know uh, uh my wife and daughter will wake up and we'll you know get ready for school and things and then um uh yeah i'll be getting into the office and and doing something getting some positive feedback from outside i think that's that's the key to a day feeling good for us is mm -hmm. um you know having a good meeting with a sales prospect or um giving some uh, results from our process to a client and having them kind of uh surprised and um kind of ex excited about what we find so mm -hmm. um uh, it's really about having uh, having what we do making a positive difference to someone else. Um, yeah. That's that's really the key. Um, yeah. And so um, so yeah, it's usually usually it'll be that or making significant progress with something internally, but that that never quite feels as good as the kind of external validation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And then yeah, getting home. Uh, not too bad a time uh, probably just before my daughter goes to bed so I can see her and, and do the you know reading story saying night night and all that stuff and mm -hmm. then um, having having dinner and a conversation with my wife and that's really um, yeah that's that's mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a good day yeah yeah no, that's good to hear lovely well thank you Karen it's it's been really interesting talking to you and I, I think a lot of resources that uh, haven't been shared on on previous uh, shows as well so thank you and, oh, cool. and some, uh, good reading material as well so thank you for joining me yeah no problem thanks for having me Joe. so how can people find out a bit more about you and connect with you um, they can uh, well for workio um, our website is workio.co that's .co um, and we're on all the kind of social stuff. Um, if you search for We Are Workio on Facebook and Twitter and all that, uh, Instagram, yeah. although we don't really know how to use Instagram. I'm very confused, um, <laughs> but, we're, but we're on there. Um, and uh, for me personally, um, probably Twitter's the easiest, which is just uh, at Kieran Faller. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my, 
that's my main social outlet. Um, yeah. I, I don't do Facebook or Instagram on a, on a personal level. No, no. Lovely. Thank you very much. Cool. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Use your power to live more.